Welcome to the 2020 Tech Congress series. My name is Alina, and this series will follow our newest class of Congressional Innovation Scholars and Digital Service Fellows as they make their way to Congress. We'll keep in touch with them throughout the year and follow up with them at the end of the fellowship to explore the highs, the lows, the surprises, and the evolution of their experience. A little bit of background. Tech Congress was created after our founder, Travis Moore, saw the lack of technical expertise while working as a staffer in Congress. Our Congressional Digital Service Fellowship was created after examining the need to modernize Congress's digital infrastructure in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. We recruited four talented civic technologists to complete the Sprint Fellowship over the next eight months. We're here today with Brittany Lyons, one of our 2020 fellows. Welcome to the program, Brittany. Thanks. Happy to be here. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa. I went to college in St. Louis and then lived in Chicago for a couple years before landing in Austin. Did you always have an interest in technology? I did. I always had an interest in technology. I, you know, I always liked the newest, coolest gadgets. But I think it really came down to the fact that I always enjoyed building things. And I actually went to school for mechanical engineering because, for a very silly reason, I thought I wanted to build roller coasters, which turns out, you know, there's not many jobs to build roller coasters. And also when you're a mechanical engineer building roller coasters, you're working on like, you know, one tiny part of the roller coaster, which wasn't really satisfying to me. But computer science was always in the back of my head and technology, you know, building technology in general. And I realized that with computer science, there's a lot more doors open to you because really all you need to build like technology is a laptop and an understanding of how code works. So I really enjoyed how open that could be and how much I could explore with computer science. Did that influence your decision to be a Code for America fellow? Yes, I always enjoyed building things, um, but I've never been super aware of how government works and how technology works within government. Um, I've always always worked in the private sector. And then I kind of got pulled into the Code for America fellowship when my co-fellow started working on this, on a project with affordable housing because he was going to city council meetings and hearing about affordable housing over and over again. And so he wanted to do something. And he, he kind of pulled me into it to help with the design and thinking about the structure of it. And that's when I started getting introduced to this whole world of civic technology. And it was kind of astounding to, to find out how much work there is to be done and, and how much work has been done. I mean, a lot of it has been done by volunteers and people who just really feel passionate. There's a lot of passion in the, in the civic tech world, and it's amazing to see. What were some of the major challenges or obstacles that you faced? Yeah, so one of the, one of the big challenges, so we worked on a project with affordable housing, and my co-fellow got started with it because, you know, he heard about affordable housing being an issue. He found out that there was data in an open data portal from Austin, uh, where you could pull, you know, data about affordable housing within Austin. And he thought, cool, I'm going to do what a lot of developers do. I'm going to take all that data and I'm gonna put it on a map, you know, so people can find affordable housing. It's, it's a very common solution that kind of comes about about these things. But it turns out, we found out after he built it, he sent it to some folks in government that he knew were involved in that space. And they said, actually, this map is great. We love the concept, but the data behind it is not complete, you know, it's, it's kind of outdated and it's missing a lot of really important data. And the reason for that is because there are many agencies and organizations throughout Austin that deal with affordable housing and they all have their own ways of keeping track of data. Some of them are better about keeping track of data and some of them are, you know, a little 
less structured and formalized about it. And so one of the big obstacles we came about was literally just getting all of that data and putting it in one place was very difficult. And then, you know, once we had it in one place, we had to figure out, well, how the heck are all of these different organizations going to update and keep track of this data in this one place? So we had to, a big part of it was just like, figuring out all of the bits, the pieces that were involved and all of the gears that we had to use, that we had to find out about and, and consolidating it all and then getting and making sure everyone was on board. That was another huge part. And we were really lucky in that a lot of these agencies and organizations were already talking about this issue before we came in. They organically had already come together to, to discuss this and they just had gotten to a point where they didn't know, they weren't 100% sure how to move forward with executing. They knew it was an, on, on this issue. They knew it was an issue, but they, they didn't know how to use technology or like how to go about building technology to, to make it happen. If you could give advice to a person in government or a policymaker as a civic technologist, what would it be? I think my advice would be bring someone in. If you're trying to come up with a solution that involves technology for a problem that you have or that you think could involve technology, bring someone in who understands the benefits of technology and the limitations of technology to be on your side and understand exactly your situation and understand everything that's going on before you go looking for solutions or outsourcing, trying to find vendors or outsourcing the solution because it's, it's very possible that there could be a, a process fix or there could be something small that could get you a long ways and you could probably you might be able to save a lot of money without going to an outside vendor where they may or may not have your best interests at heart so bring someone in that's on your side who understands your pain points and your end technology and what it can and cannot do yeah it seems it would definitely help to streamline the process how did your time as a fellow inspire future projects yeah so so the fellowship actually my co-fellow and I ended up going from the fellowship to deciding to co-found a company that is purely exists to build technology for government. So we, we have this company and we, you know, we've, we've, we have been working with a couple of different cities, responding to RFPs, um, trying to work with cities to help them understand their pain points and then understand how technology can fix it. And then actually building the technology to, to do so or recommending technology to do that. Yeah, so we, we've really, we're really trying to bring also like this user-centered de- design uh, style that's become very common in the, in the private industry. Um, we're trying, we were, we've been trying to like really bring a more iterative approach to building technology within government because the classic approach, at least, you know, with a lot of cities and what we've encountered so far is they put out these RFPs, they have these like very specific requirements for what a vendor needs to do for them. And that kind of limits how much scope change can happen once there's a contract in place. So yeah, we've really been trying to bring this aspect of like, let us come in, let us figure out what your problems are and what the best solution is before we sign a contract before we have anything officially in place. I think it's really interesting to hear about kind of like your journey in the field and how you started really interested in mechanical engineering and how that kind of evolved to an interest in coding and tech and then how that evolved to being a civic technologist and working closely with governments. What does being a civic technologist mean to you? That's another great question. And 
a, a very, an easy one to answer for me, a harder one to answer just as general, what is civic technology? I think for me, being a civic technologist means using my understanding of the potential and the limitations that technology can provide and taking that understanding and that experience and using it to help improve things in my community. So whether that's with government or whether that's with engagement in efforts to improve communities in other ways, really just using my skills and my understanding of technology to help improve things. How did you learn about Tech Congress? Through Code for America, actually. Uh, there was an email list that one of Travis's emails was forwarded to. On a whim, I almost never open or read these emails, and I just happened to read this one. And it was actually, like, the description was, come help un- get a better understanding of Congress and help build things to make them run more efficiently. And it was, like, exactly what I was looking for. Because I had been talking for a while about how, like, you know, I understand some aspects of city government and, you know, I feel like I'm just barely scratching the surface of government. Like government is a huge, huge beast. There's so much, there's so many levels to it. There's so much to try to understand. And I feel like I understand just a small part of it. And I want to get like a broader understanding of all of different levels and different areas of government, because I want to find a good fit for my skills and my experience and a good fit, like where I can make the, the biggest difference. And Tech Congress was like, this is provide, like this fellowship provides just that. I get to understand more about how Congress works, which I realized I understood very little about. So it's been a great experience so far. So we just finished the about two and a half week orientation where we did a deep dive into the different processes in Congress, such as bill becoming a law, but also highlighted the need or the lack of technologists in the space. What's one thing that you want to work on during your time on the Hill? So I think the, the, the thing that I, that I became very aware of during this orientation was how little I understood about what actually happens on the Hill um, and what actually happens in Congress. I think from that, becoming aware of that, I feel like there is this disconnect um, between the public, the general public's understanding of what what happens on the Hill and what actually happens on the Hill, you know, and there's been so much work so far to make Congress more transparent and open and like, you know, they publish so much of data and information and they make, they make things fairly transparent, but there is still this disconnect like between just, you can't just open up data and make things transparent and expect the general public to know how to how to use that or access it. So one thing that I'm really interested in, and this isn't necessarily on the Hill working on, but one thing that I want to try to understand better is like, where exactly is that disconnect in communication and understanding? And is there anything that I can do to, to help it from, you know, coming in with this experience, this kind of outsider perspective and all these things that I was like, wow, I didn't understand how this worked or I didn't know this resource was available to me. How can I, how can I better connect the general public with the, with that information. So we're nearing the end, and I just wanted to ask kind of a fun, like, get-to-know-you question. Have you picked up any quarantine hobbies? I haven't picked up any new hobbies. Um, I've revived old ones, though. I've been, like, on and off knitting for about 10 years, and, you know, after binge-watching way too many TV shows, I decided to pick that back up, and I started working on a sweater, which is like the most complicated knitting project I've done so far. So that's been a fun, 
a fun little experiment about halfway done and hopefully I can get it done before winter. That's really awesome. I've been looking a lot like embroidering, but I'm a little just nervous to undertake it. What was your favorite TV show you binge watched? I think my favorite one, a surprising one was, um, it's called The Last Kingdom. It's a historical fiction show based on a series, like a book series. And it's about when the, the Vikings were invading England. And it, it's very entertaining. There's like a very entertaining protagonist. And yeah, I, I very, was very surprised that I liked it so much. <laughs> recommend. That's it for now. Follow our Twitter at Congress Fellows to keep up with Brittany's adventures throughout the fellowship. A special thank you to New America's Open Technology Institute, Tech Congress founder Travis Moore, Senior Advisor Brooke Hunter, and the New American Production team for their continued support.